Hi, this is Haley Chura. You usually hear me every Thursday co-hosting the Iron Woman podcast with Alyssa Gadeski. Current times are anything but usual, and I have a lot of questions. So I created Iron Woman podcast mini episodes. I ask women who are endurance athletes and experts in their fields to help me and hopefully help you too by answering a few questions in 15 minutes or less. Thanks for listening. Hi, and welcome to the Iron Woman Podcast. You usually hear Haley Chur on these mini episodes, but I'm filling in this week. I'm Vanessa Forrester. I'm a long course triathlete, certified life coach, and a proud representative of the BIPOC triathlon community. You may remember hearing my interview with Haley last month on how to train your mind. Well, I'm back with my own special guest. I am honored to talk with Jamila Gail Agins, a fellow BIPOC triathlete and a USAT Women's Committee member. Our conversation is centered on our experience we both share, cutting our hair for triathlon. I think you'll find this conversation enlightening. As always, thank you to the Iron Woman Podcast sponsors, Zelio Skincare, Noon Hydration, Form Swim Goggles, Orca Sportswear, Gooder Sunglasses, as well as the Live Feisty Patreon community. You can find all of the website links and discount codes in the show notes or at ironwomanpodcast.com. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Jamila Gail Agins. Hi, Jamila. Welcome to the Iron Woman podcast. Or should I call you Jamila or Jay? Um, Jay works. Tell me why. What's the story behind Jay? <laughs> so I'm in the military and um, officers generally go by their first name. And um, I got tired of being Jamal and everything <laughs> that was not Jamila. So <laughs> Jay works well. Clear up the confusion. I like it. Okay, I would love to start off with a bit of an introduction. Could you briefly tell us about who you are and a little bit about your history in endurance sport? Uh, well, um, as you said earlier, my name is Jamila Gail Eggins. I'm actually the owner and head coach for Sherpa Fitness. I got into the sport about 10 years ago and um, started at Super Sprints and just kind of hanging out and uh, I mean, fell in love with the community and the sport and everything about it. So um, I've done every distance. I haven't done an ultra yet. Um, hopefully, once I retire from the military, I'll get time to train for one of those. I love this sport. And I coach and I, you know, compete as an age grouper. And I just really enjoy it. And as you just mentioned, you're also a triathlon coach and a member of the USAT Women's Committee, right? I am. I am. Nice. We'll get into that a little bit later. So I do want to jump in to the focus, the meat of our conversation, our shared experience with cutting off our hair. (laughs) You and I have had somewhat similar experiences and even around the same time too, I think. Can you just share about the why behind it and your story and how it played into your identity as a person and an athlete? Right. So um, hair has never been a thing for me, a a positive thing. Um, All my memories of childhood and 
and things like that. My mom is, you know, I love her, but she should have had boys. She was not good with hair. And so that created a lot of issues growing up. You know, kids are mean. And Mm -hmm. um, I've always been somewhat active. And, you know, there was a time where I had a jerry curl and I couldn't swim because of chemicals. And and so um, my entire life, there has been this constant struggle with hair. And because I'm not good at ha- uh, doing my own hair, the more money I make, the more money I would spend on getting my hair done. Mm. Um, and so, you know, hey, make more money, buy better weaves. And it just never really meshed with who I was as a person. You know, I didn't run, I didn't swim, I didn't do these things because I paid so much money to have my hair done that, you know, I, I had to pick. And at the catalyst, I had been in the sport for about a year or two, uh, but nothing serious because that would require you to train and I wouldn't swim unless it was close to my perm needing to be redone or my weave needing to be redone. <laughs> and so what, yeah, once they were old, it was like, okay, yeah, I'm in the pool. Uh, But I took a trip to Costa Rica and it was a surf trip. So lots of water, which (laughs) did not go well with my hair. Um, And I remember coming back and looking at the pictures and what was such a happy trip for me. I was miserable because of the pictures in my hair. And finally, I was like, that's it. Like, I can't continue to be tied and tethered to this thing um, that you know, when my hair was done, I felt amazing. And then when it wasn't, I just, I I didn't feel like myself. And so uh, I remember going to get my hair done immediately when I got back from, um, I'm sorry, it wasn't Costa Rica, it was El Salvador. And I went for a run and halfway through my run, it started to rain. And I was like, well, shoot, Mm. I just paid all this money to get my hair done. What do I do? And that was the day where I was like, no more, like, I'm not doing this. And so I finished my run. um, And then I started calling around to look for a place that was willing to one, cut out my weave that I had just put in and then cut off all my hair underneath, (laughs) which was surprisingly hard. Like people don't want to do that. So you found that having the hair was a limiter to your life. Yeah. To who you wanted to be and how you wanted to show up. Yeah. And just experiencing, you know, turning down opportunities. And and like I said, I mean, El Salvador was one of the best weeks of my life. But looking at the pictures, yes, in the pictures, I was happy, but I didn't want to post the pictures because I was like, oh, I look a mess. Like, look at my head. Look at my hair is all over the place. I'm on a surf trip. You should look a little beat down. By the <laughs> Water ocean. is a big <laughs> part of the experience. <laughs> Water is the, the, the biggest part of that experience. So to not want to post something that meant so much to me. Um, and then I started to think back. I didn't buy race photos mm-hmm. because after the swim, I was ashy and my head was a mess. And I was like, who wants to remember this? Mm-hmm. So it was almost um, as if it was this limiter to being in congruency with the active lifestyle you wanted to live. It, absolutely. And it just, you know... Why? And and I really like had to sit down and take inventory. Like what was really more important to me? Was it the appearance that I was happy and I was all put together and I look good? Or was it just being able to do what I wanted to do and actually be happy? And it, I mean, of course, happiness won, but I can't, I, I know plenty of people who are in the same 
like dilemma and mm. the same struggle. Like when you're a professional and I had to go to meetings. And so it's like, well, you know, I, I can't go into this meeting with a rat's nest on top of my head. <laughs> and, and so it just, yeah. So the people that you think are in your same situation that struggle with investing so much in their hair care and their products and not being able to fulfill their lives and the activities that they want to do, what would you say to those people? I would say um, you have to be true to yourself. And I think that there's a lot of external pressure from our community to look and be a certain way. But if you're not happy, it doesn't matter how much that weave costs. If you're not happy, it doesn't matter how nice those braids look the first week you have them. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. I watched YouTube channels for like weeks of people doing the big chop and, you know, they were so happy at the end and it was not that like it's not I cried <laughs> so it's a bit of a process becoming more connected to that new version of yourself yeah so I felt exposed I couldn't hide behind hair like when I looked in the mirror it was just me like there was no cute hairstyle to distract like anything about my face anything about you know my eyebrows like it was just right there and so it took a while for me to look in the mirror and see me because I had all these other distractions when I had the hair and the different hairstyles and all of those different things. And so it, it's a process. Absolutely. And I can totally relate to that personally. I used to have crazy amounts of hair, so much volume. And in my experience, it I felt the same sort of way that I wasn't able to be true to myself and be fully committed to the sport that I loved because I was so worried about the hair and what to do with it. But also I had trouble fitting it into a helmet comfortably. And so I just cut it off and it was way more freeing in that regard, especially when it came to swims. But I can't help but reflect on the fact that, you know, in my journey, I ended up changing myself to fit into what's available to the products versus products being designed for people like us with different hair types and different hair, you know, styles and textures and things like that. Do you find that that's also relevant for you? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, even now we still struggle with, you know, swim caps that fit because mm -hmm. most women of color who are in the sport tend to be natural just because it's, you know, less stress on your hair. Absolutely. If you choose to have your hair. And so still finding swim caps or finding a shampoo that, you know, I have to be careful with color because it's like, oh, it, it'll dry it out even with as short as my hair is. So um, I, I think, yes, I absolutely changed myself, but it wasn't solely for the sport. Like my change allowed me to fall in love with a sport that I think that had I not cut my hair off, had I not embraced swimming, I would have never got involved in the sport to the degree that I am now. When you talk about like the rewards of what you did, yes, it was hard. Yes. I don't, I don't think I ever go through a period of time where I miss my hair, but what it gave me and freedom and the ability to just be myself, like I, it, there's no dollar amount that you can put on that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more and not being able to hide behind anything else. And that's amazing. Like you really figure out who you are when you have to look in the mirror. And mm -hmm. It's like, yep, that's me still. 
<laughs> so I know that your goal at Sherpa Fitness as a coach is to guide more women and women of color into the endurance lifestyle by providing coaching and teaching and mentoring in the endurance and multi-sport way of life, which is right in line with what we're talking about. How do you mentor those athletes that might be fearful because they don't see representation on start lines or inclusive marketing or, you know, have the same sort of fears that you did? So I think the biggest thing is we won't be in the space until we're in the space. So, you know, to look for representation and not participate because the lack of representation just is like a self-licking ice cream cone. It creates the problem that we're trying to fix. And so the biggest thing is I, I try to tell them, hey, let's don't look to your left or your right. Like the fact that you're even looking into this sport is big to me because I, I had no idea about this sport. I didn't learn about it from my women of color community. I learned about it from a friend who didn't know that black women didn't do the sport. She mm -hmm. just invited me out because we did random crazy things together. And it took a while for me to realize that we weren't in that space. So where it was different, I wasn't looking for representation and I actually ended up providing representation. And I don't think anyone says, well, so there are people who say, hey, yeah, I want to be this person. I just wanted to be a triathlete. But right. you can't ignore the fact that you're one of very few black women triathletes. Like you can't ignore that when you're at a race and someone comes up to you because they say, hey, we're the only two people here that look like us. And I'm like, no, there has to be more. <laughs> and then when you look around, the truth is you two are the only ones. And so what I tell them is we do this for us. And I, I have not had a race encounter where I was marginalized or I felt marginalized because I was the only woman of color. And I try to just make sure they understand that this is a very inclusive community. Um, I don't think we do our best to pull people in and we're trying to get better. But once you're there, you're there. If you're a triathlete and I'm a triathlete, we're triathletes. Right. And so just getting them exposed to the community and exposed to the sport helps resolve the representation problem. So if you want to do it, like, I'm like, let's do it. If you need me to come out there, like I didn't have the, as much flexibility in my schedule before. If you need another black woman out there, let me Number get on. Three. <laughs> yeah, I'll come on out there. But I think that the important thing to fix the representation problem is we have to participate. And it's, you know, it, mm -hmm. you can't have one without the other. Right, right. Be the change. Okay, my last question. I know, as I mentioned before, you're on the USAT Women's Committee. Um, are there efforts looking to expand the representation of BIPOC on start lines? So I, I think there is. I think that what, right now with everything going on, like the necessity to really have a better plan in place, I think is, you know, a ripple across the entirety of the sport. And so... Um, I've been on the committee for two, almost three years, and we've actually talked often about it just based off of our current environment and what's going on. And so, yes, there are plans. I don't think that anyone has what they feel is the right plan right now, just because you don't want to trivialize the mm -hmm. situation either. Like, I don't want to say, hey, okay, we need X amount of these people or X amount of that um, to say we have it. Like, how do we fix the systematic issues that are resulting in, you know, um, the lack of diversification? And so once again, we that, that's that representation part. You have to have the people who are willing 
to be a part of those governing bodies and be a part of that system of change in order to bring them in, you know, going out and trying to hunt people down to be a part of the committee. I remember when they put the call out, I just applied. I was like, well, I mean, I'm here. I love the sport. Why not? Mm -hmm. And it was it was a no brainer. So I think as we get more representation at different levels of the sport as well, like not just participants, but business owners and advisory boards and things like that, then we will have more say in some of the governing bodies of how do we help diversify the sport. Mm-hmm. And maybe even inspire more people to cut their hair off to be part of the sport, right? Hey, Power to the hey. short hair. I am all for it. I was like, do you know how much money I save? Like, come on. Like, let me bring you in and give you the numbers of me not having hair. It's amazing. Yes. It is awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for being on the show today and sharing your experience. I think it'll be very enlightening for other people. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to Jay Gail Agins for being my guest on this mini episode of the Iron Woman podcast. Thank you for listening, and if you're interested in supporting bringing more BIPOC athletes to the sport of triathlon, consider checking out my Diversify Triathlon movement. Run and cycling gear designed by Smashfest Queen is currently available for pre-order, and the pre-order window closes Tuesday, July 28th. 100% of the proceeds for the movement go back to the athletes. Check out more at www.diversifytriathlonmovement.com. We'll include links to both the DTM website and the Smashfest Queen gear in our show notes. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Live Feisty Media and is edited by Taylor Mahan Rudolph. Thank you to our sponsors, Zilio Skincare, Noon Hydration, Form Swim Goggles, and Orca Sportswear, as well as the Live Feisty Patreon community. You can find websites and discount codes in our show notes or at ironwomenpodcast.com.